On today's episode of There Will Be Crossbows, James wanders through the desert on a horse with no name. Instead of seeking medical treatment, John goes to Burning Man. And both of them wander around with sand in their underpants. All this and more on There Will Be Crossbows, the world's first podcast that happens online. Hello and welcome to There Will Be Crossbows. My name is James, I'm one of your hosts, and this episode is all about sand. That's right, sand. Not only does it comprise 97% of the world, sand is also the only natural resource which can be used as a fossil fuel or a food source. And did you know that sand-related facts are 65% more likely to be made up than facts about other things? Well, I'm glad I could teach you a little something about sand today, but... That's not why I'm here. I don't know why I'm here. Honestly, sometimes I stare at the mirror and just ask myself. Um, anyway, uh, let's get the episode rolling. I'm going to give John a call. Hey, John, how are you? James, it's you. You see this little trinket I got around my neck? Oh, that's nice. So inside the little glass tube, I have something called Jimmy's Magic Dust. Ooh, sounds like drugs. It does sound like drugs, doesn't it? I should probably think of a better name before I start selling. I've taken up a new hobby of taking rocks from outside and then pulverizing them with a hammer. It grinds them in this really fine, like, rock dust that I then add a little color to and fill little necklaces like this. That sounds like a really great way to get all of your aggression out. Oh, yeah, banging on the rocks. It is just so soothing. I should probably stop doing it in the middle of the night because I've gotten three noise complaints since I started making Jimmy's Magic Dust. Now, what is it that makes the dust magic? That's all marketing. It's just rock dust. So the magic is all in the mind. It's like, why do people buy severed rabbit's feet? That's disgusting. That is disgusting. Just carrying around the severed limbs of some other mammal in our pockets. It's barbaric, and yet we all do it. You can walk into any store in New Orleans and walk out with a dehydrated, severed alligator head. In New Orleans, you could probably walk out with the severed limb of pretty much anything. You're right. I probably shouldn't hold what you can buy in New Orleans up as a national standard because I don't think that uh, we should set the bar with New Orleans as far as things you're able to purchase. You could buy anything in New Orleans. Which is why I'm going to set up shop on Bourbon Street in New Orleans and try to pass them off as a magical charm. So have you considered, if you're going to New Orleans specifically, maybe just, I don't know, appropriate voodoo also. Just call it Voodoo Jimmy's Magic Dust. How do you feel about appropriation? I'm a big fan. I've been hearing more and more about it, and I'm sold. I think I'll call my stand Voodoo Jimmy's Appropriative Magic Dust. Now that I'm looking at you, maybe I'd want to backpedal just a little bit. You are wearing plaid. 
and glasses, plaid and beard and glasses. That seems like that's maybe culture of some sort. Yes, I am demographically a hipster. You can tell by my short hair, long beard, stylish glasses, lumberjack-esque shirt, and skinny jeans, which I'm now standing up and modeling for you. Looks good, right? And I can't also help but notice that you are drinking a beer, and it is 9 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and this is my third one. I am very drunk. Well, that's super hipster. Tell you what, just get rid of that whole voodoo thing. You don't need to appropriate if you have your own culture. It's hipster Jimmy's magic dust. In fact, I don't even need it to be magic anymore because even that is, in the context of selling in New Orleans, a little bit appropriative. So now I can just make it hipster Jimmy's skinny dust. Oh, there you go. Skinny is an even better adjective than magic. And I don't think anyone has thought of doing this. I don't think anybody's thought of what happens when rocks break down into fine particles. I'm the first one to think about, I think, the physics and the chemistry of this. And I'm not using either of those scientific terms with any accuracy. I often go days at a time without thinking about rocks at all. And I, when I do, I don't go beyond, oh, look, it's a fucking rock. Right? It's like people have no understanding of the natural world. You'd think they would just look outside and be like, oh, rocks. Why hasn't anyone thought of what happens when they get pulverized? And that's why Hipster Jimmy came along and sealed the deal. That's what hipsters do best, is they take things that other people shouldn't notice, and they notice them better. And I can charge a premium price, because that's the hipster thing to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're going to make a mint. When people buy these things from you, you have to make sure you're on your phone, and you, like, barely acknowledge their existence. I'll be smoking out of a corn cob pipe and listening to a vinyl record. Just out on the street. Street records. Yes. Well, I think I have a solid business plan. Um, did you want to get in on this uh, from an investment perspective? If you want to put up, I don't know, $50,000 of your own money, uh, that would be supportive of you. Well, I was going to donate that to charity, but I suppose investing in a business that can't possibly fail, that's probably in the long run better for charity. And who needs your money more? An organization trying to fight for struggling people or Hipster Jimmy? I think the choice is clear. I do too. Okay, I'm gonna write out that check right now. You do accept checks, I'm hoping? Uh, yeah, I can scan them with an app on my phone, so we're good there. Oh, you hipsters in your phones. All right, well, I gotta take a call, John. I'll get back to you later. Okay, have fun. I actually do think of rocks almost every day. Bad news, your majesty. Our last pond just dried up. Damn it, Archibald. I told you to fix the drought. What have you been doing? Oh, we've been seeding the clouds with silver iodide. But unfortunately, all of the dust from the desert is, is counteracting that whole process. It's making the water particles too small. And if the water particles are too small, they don't fall to the ground. So the moisture is up there, but we can't get it to actually come down. Well, Your Majesty, if we could just shut down the carbon dioxide factory, I think that might go a long way. Never. My son runs that factory and he will be the next king. I refuse, even though you are a man of science, to listen to what you say if it does not concur with what I already believe in my gut. Well, okay, we could leave the carbon dioxide factory. Just 
you know, the ivy that grows over the whole factory every month. Just let the ivy stay, let it grow. It can counteract some of that and put some moisture and oxygen back into the air, your majesty. The solutions are there, we just have to do them. Oh no, I had my workers cut down the ivy yesterday. They said it was an invasive species. They read it on the internet and they were really convinced. So we hacked away all the ivy and burnt it. You know, all of these things that we're doing, you say, oh no, we have to let the economy flourish. But uh, in the long term, if we do these environmental changes, the economy will bloom even more. You know, Archibald, I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, have you seen how many birds get killed in the windmill? Like so many birds. I mean, I hear about it all the time. Yeah, if we just painted one of those windmill spokes black, believe it or not, that provides enough of a visual cue that the birds will no longer be killed by it. You could have told me that yesterday before I had it burnt down. The fire sparked by that windmill burning is, is devastating the northern regions of the kingdom. I'm pretty sure they weren't the ones who voted for me, so not too concerned about the north. You are the king of the entire kingdom, are you not? Yes, but it is a um, democratic monarchy. I was elected. And so your strategy to win those people over is to let a lot of them die. Yeah, let, let a lot of them die. Because then there's less people who can vote against me when the election comes up again. Boy, you don't know how anything works. You know what? Why don't you just fuck right off? Take your science with you, Mr. Scientist. Jesus. I know as soon as I step out this door, you're going to start talking shit about me on the internet. Oh, I, I totally am. I'm not even going to deny that. Also, I'm going to have you fired later today, so you might want to go ahead and clean out your desk. Wait, you're on your phone right now. Are you? I just tweeted. I just tweeted a bad thing about you, Mr. Scientist. This week's episode of There Will Be Crossbows is brought to you by Saharan Desert Survival Experience Travel Package. Face it, you're cushy and soft and a disgrace to your adventurous ancestors. Fix all that by getting dropped off for two weeks in the Sahara Desert. Hop on our plane with nothing but one bottle of water and one roll of duct tape. We push you out of the airplane in the middle of the Sahara Desert and it's up to you to find your way back to civilization. 100% of our surviving adventurers say that it completely changed their life forever. That's right, both of them said that. Sign up now for the adventure of a lifetime in the middle of the Sahara Desert. After all, $2,500 is a small price to pay for changing your life forever. Hey guys, it's James here with an Amazon product review. This week John sent me a Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack Sands Casino Las Vegas poster. This is a 24 by 34 inch poster that is showing uh, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Peter Lawford, and Joy Bishop all in front of their own names on a marquee for their concert at the Sands Casino in Las Vegas. You know, I think John is trying to actually troll me with this product because he knows for a fact that I was at that concert at the Sands Casino in Las Vegas to see Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack. It wasn't a especially uh, fun time for me. You see, before I went to the concert, I was playing the slots a little bit at the Sands, uh, which is always my go-to when I go to Vegas. And I had the, one of those cups filled with quarters that I was feeding into the slot machine and kind of in my groove. 
But then I reached for my drink and I knocked over my cup of quarters and all the quarters went all over. And I quickly, I start to scrabble and pick up all my quarters. And then all of a sudden I hear a voice and it's Dean Martin. And he says, hey, look at this asshole, guys. Let's get him. And he comes up and he grabs my arms and holds them behind my back while Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. come up and start stealing all of the quarters. And I'm, you know, trying to get out of Dean Martin's grasp, but Dean Martin is ridiculously strong, so I'm just pinned to the ground. And Peter Lawford and Joy Bishop, they're just standing back and laughing at the whole thing. Assholes. And I'm like, guys, come on. Give me my quarters back. I need that money to buy a hamburger before your concert, which I'm going to attend. But they didn't give me my money back. Frank Sinatra pulls my underwear up over my head, and then Joey Bishop took out a baseball bat and broke both my legs. Needless to say, it was not a great night for me, and it's not one that I wanted to remember. So for John to have made me buy this poster to display in my bedroom with all of the smug faces of the Rat Pack just grinning at me, reminding me of the night they jumped me in Vegas, not my idea of a good time. I'm going to leave it up another week to see if my feelings change, but at the moment, I'm about at two stars for this guy. And we're done. As soon as this cools, it will be a tremendous bong. Ooh, ah! Well, class, this was a pretty good field trip to the glass blower, huh? Does anybody have any questions for the glass blower? I guess I can lead off with what is a bong and what is it used for? Great question, Dr. Smith. A bong is a time travel device that takes you from where you are in the present to a future time, a few minutes from now, where you are relaxed. Oh, that sounds fun. Can we all take home a bong as a souvenir for the field trip? I'm okay with it. What do you think, Dr. Smith? A few minutes ago, I would have insisted on payment, but right now, I'm in the future from earlier. So everybody take one home. Yay! We all get bongs! Best field trip ever! Remember, children, if your parents ask, you say it's a water pipe. Or even better, if your parents are super uptight, for example, if your dad wears a tie ever, you refer to this as a flower vase. Wow, that's really helpful, kids, isn't it? This way, none of us are going to get busted for bringing bongs home to our parents, and none of us are going to accuse the teacher of allowing them to take home inappropriate souvenirs. All right. This is Oregon, man. Anything flies in Oregon. I have a question. I'm sorry that we all sound alike. This is the school for high-pitched children. My question is as follows. My father already owns many bongs, and our bong closet has been full for weeks. May I take an actual flower vase home instead? Oh, dude. Little dude. Oh. Oh, I cannot in good conscience let you leave here with a flower vase. Sam, that was really inappropriate to ask. You need to go wait in the bus until the field trip is done. We don't talk about flower vases on field trips, all right? You might as well say flower coffin because you pluck a flower out of the ground in the prime of its life and you watch it while it slowly decomposes into nothingness and goo. Yeah, Sam's a murderer. We all hate Sam. Oh, come on, you guys. That's not polite. Which one's Sam again? I'm Sam. No, I'm Sam. I am Sam. I am Sam. Oh, God damn it! They're doing the Spartacus Revolution thing. They do this on every field trip.
Dude, I have maybe taken too much time travel fluid. I don't have any skills. I'm a useless kind of dude. But I've got a great idea to be able to afford food. I'm pretty good at saying things that are semi-witty. So I'm printing up some posters to inspire the whole city. Inspiration for the workers, inspiration for the bosses, inspiration for the customers who visit in your office. All over all the people will be inspired by my sayings. So it's time to think of good ones. Get ready to start paying. The greatest feeling is love. You should try to do that. If we have learned anything, it's that you shouldn't eat a bat. Smugness is the quicksand of confidence. If you are a dictator, execute the impudent. If you don't invent the wheel, you'll never learn to fly. The sexiest thing in the bedroom is another guy. You're drinking incorrectly if you're opening your eyes. The secrets of the universe are in the leg hairs of your thighs. If you don't try new things, you'll go on living just the same. It's not too late to start over in a new town with a new name. You're a good person unless you have a gender reveal party. It's impossible to make a stew that is overly hearty. I hope you're inspired by my posters, non-sequiturs though they may be. I'm selling these for five bucks, buy two and get one free. Get ready for the rest of the posters, I'll read the ten best to you. I hope you're inspired by my wisdom, it's the least that I can do. An eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind, but an eye for a nose is fair. If someone has more sex than you, you should ask them to share. A bird in the hand is worth about as much as the current market price for that bird. Some folks were born to be cheese, but you just might be a curd. Ten years is the same as a decade, and a hundred is known as a decado. Good friends are worth more than gold if you live in El Dorado. Be the best that you can be, unless that involves doing push-ups. 
Make an anonymous Reddit account if you're posting to brag about hookups. Only read books written in languages that you don't know how to speak. If you're trying to pretend you're a mouse, don't forget to poop and squeak. That concludes the poster collection. I hope you learned a lot. I'm gonna let you in on a secret. I wrote them all while I was smoking pot. Doesn't that blow your mind? It blows my mind. But to be fair, most things blow my mind. I'm, I'm really high right now. But like, literally, where am I? <laughs> what are all these posters for? Oh yeah, I wrote these posters. Huh. We're safe up here on the roof. The worm can't get us. That's a big worm. I think it's gonna get us on the roof. But if you're confident, I'll wait here with you. From what we've observed in the previous seven incarnations, it can detect the vibrations from walking. Good, but I guess here's the point I'm trying to make. Like, it's just gonna keep happening. This has happened seven times before. It's happening right now. It's gonna happen again indefinitely. And at some point we're gonna get eaten by giant sandworms. That's just what happens in our particular neck of the woods. I, I, so are you proposing something or are you just giving up? Guess I'm proposing giving up. I'm proposing we let the sandworms eat us and put an end to all this because I really hate every three months having to run around being scared of sandworms again. I just hate it. I think that's an ecologically insensitive thing to do. If we just give ourselves up now, the sandworms will eat us and there'll be nothing for the future sandworms to eat. Are you worried about the sandworms surviving? That's your concern right now? We've got a delicate ecological balance to maintain here. We cannot let one or the other side get overbalanced. We wipe out the human population and pretty soon these sandworms are gonna be in real bad shape. You know, I think it's thinking like this that led us to the sandworm problem in the first place. If we just eradicated the sandworms once and for all, we wouldn't mean having another, you know, adventure with sandworms every year. If we then eliminate the sandworms, pretty soon the human population here will be out of control. You'll have people all over the place Nobody will be weeding out the dumb and the slow ones. There's other communities where we've seen things like this happen. And my, uh, my cousin lives in a town where they get a tornado filled with sharks every year. And they're tired of it. Everyone's tired of it. Everyone's tired of sandworms. Everyone's tired with the shark tornadoes. They got, got to stop at some point. These sandworms are the only things keeping us on our toes. I guess the only issue is sometimes the sandworms are one step ahead of you. And by the way, Jim got eaten three hours ago. I'm a sandworm in a gym suit. Zip. Don't, don't eat me. You'll be sorry three months from now when you're hungry, bastard. It's real sad about Jim, though. God damn it. Today's episode of There Will Be Crossbows brought to you by Sand Pants. Every young buck knows there's only one way to end a romantic date. Walking that special someone to their doorstep, then dramatically ripping off your own pants while screaming at the top of your lungs, Get ready for the grand finale! But what if there was an even more exciting way to let that special someone know that you were in the mood for love? 
What if you could press a button and make your pants explode into colorful sand like some sort of sexy magician? Well, that's not possible. No such product exists. But if we were to make that product, we'd call it Sand Pants. Yeah, definitely. Such a great name. It'd be a perfect name for that product that we, again, have not actually found a way to make. Maybe we jumped the gun a bit by booking this commercial already. I hope we can make it someday soon, because it'd be really cool. Or maybe not. I don't know. I'm pretty high right now. Sand Pants. Yeah, sweet. Time for this week's Amazon product review. James wanted me to check out a movie called The Sand. The outside cover of this movie shows three young ladies in bikinis being swallowed up by the beach and there seem to be some tentacles underneath there. This has B-Monster Movie written all over it. And I'm very excited about this because I generally love B-Monster Movies. So, I cannot wait to watch The Sand. So I popped it in. The first 45 minutes of the movie were fairly unremarkable. Basically, it just was a camera that was panning over the beach. I watched 45 straight minutes of sand. I assumed because of the cover, this movie was going to have like a plot or a story. After that first 45 minutes, all of a sudden, appearing on the screen, a piece of trash like a wrapper or something, maybe like Taco Bell or Arby's. I couldn't quite see because it was kind of buried in the sand. And then right back to more sand. After 75 minutes of solid sand, I am starting to get annoyed because I don't see any people. I don't see any tentacles. These things were promised according to the cover of this movie. Also, I'm getting really fucking tired of looking at sand. Just as I'm about to turn off the movie, all of a sudden, the camera angle changes a little bit. Instead of looking down at the sand from a perpendicular angle, it starts to sweep up a little bit. And there on the shore is a washed-up octopus. Finally, tentacles. They're not moving or anything, but at this point, I will take anything I can get. It continues to sweep up, and I see in the distance, there are people laying on the beach. Sure enough, there are the three young women from the cover, way off in the distance. And then it cuts to credits. I think maybe I am not smart enough to understand what this movie is all about. This is clearly some sort of artistic commentary on environmentalism or something, but I just didn't get it. Maybe if you're smarter than me, you will enjoy this movie, but I'm just not enough of a sand aficionado to really appreciate it. When it says, the sand... It really means it. It's just the sand. Five stars for truth in advertising. Zero stars for entertainment value. Hey, you kids. I'm the lifeguard here. And if you're going to be on the beach today, you got to know two things. you got to put on some sunscreen right now because you are going to burn like a crisp in this hot Arizona sun. Will you help us put on the sunscreen? Absolutely. It's my job as a lifeguard to do that for everyone on the beach. I can't reach most of my back. I got you here. Rubbing it in. Rubbing it in. While I'm rubbing in, I'm going to tell you the second thing. A lot of people have been killed lately swimming in these waters by giant octopus-like creatures. Like a squid? No, it's like an octopus.
I wasn't sure if maybe you did not know what a squid was. I know every tentacled creature. Nautilus and uh, jellyfish, I guess, fits in this category. Okay, your tentacle cred is legit. I didn't want to use the word kraken because I think there's a lot of, you know, associations with what a kraken is. I'm just saying. Holy shit, there's a kraken? No, no, no. There's, it's not necessarily a kraken. It's just a very large octopus who's been known to take down ships and eat swimmers. Run! There's a kraken! Oh, my God! Oh, we're all fucked! Thank goodness you warned us! Arr, I heard there was a kraken in these parts. I'm pulling in my whole fleet of ships. Uh, Redbeard, uh, uh, hold on one second. I never said kraken. I said they're large octopus-like creatures. You mean like a squid? God damn it. Why does everyone go straight to squids? I'm, I'm really glad you said squid, because that's the first thing I thought of, too. I, I think it's the most logical thing when someone says an octopus-like creature. You're right, that's right, where my mind went also. The whole point is that I'm trying to warn you about potentially dangerous things. Like a squid. If, if telling you it's a kraken makes you pull in your fleet, then by God, pull in your fleet, man. Oh my God, a tentacle just ripped out of the water and ate a guy. Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. Look, I probably should start warning some of the others. I've been spending all my time talking to you in particular and rubbing sunscreen on your back, which... Uh, assessing the situation actually probably wasn't a high priority. It was rule number one! I didn't realize at the time how dangerous the octopus-like creatures were. Should you just be calling it a kraken at this point? God damn it, fine. It's a fucking kraken, are you happy? Kraken alert, everybody! Everybody on the beach, there's a kraken! Well, now that I get a look at it, it's kind of like a kraken. It's kraken-like. Well, looks like the hourglass ran out of time because we are done with sand. Thank you for joining us this week and listening to our episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. If you want to hang out with me and John digitally, by all means, come join us at the Crossbow Club on Facebook where we post bonus content and have weird discussions. You can even find a link to our internet radio where you can listen to Crossbows 24 hours a day and drive yourself insane. Have a good week. We'll see you next time.